0: It's nice to see you all this morning we have a great presentation today i am coming to you from utah today so i have traveled five different states since we last talked um and i'm on mountain time so i don't know where you guys are all coming from but i love the fact that you're putting the states beside your name because then i can see where everybody's from where we're coming from today. Okay. So today's cottage meeting is on patriotism. We've been talking about the three pillars of Liberty. And the third one is patriotism, faith, virtue, patriotism. So, um, the, uh, Oh, hang on a second. Give me, give me just a second here because I messed up. Okay, here we go. All right. So we are on, um, as I said, patriotism and the three pillars of Liberty are the things they, they're the three ingredients that you need to have Liberty and freedom thrive anywhere. And it can thrive anywhere with these three ingredients. And when you lose any one of those pillars, then freedom is in danger. And that's the reason why these are so important and why we, um, have a presentation dedicated to each one, because you need to have each one. And we are in our country and a very difficult, dangerous position because we're losing all three. In many cases, you could say we've lost all three, but it is not all over yet. <laughs> um, Adali Stevenson said, patriotism is not short, frenzied outbursts of emotion, but the tranquil and steady dedication a lifetime there is a um a film that i had sent out last week to have you guys watch just a a little video and i don't know if you had a chance to watch it but i feel it's important enough and it has so much to do with this presentation that i'm going to go ahead and show it here as well
1: there was a lawyer once his name was francis scott key He penned a song that I'm sure you're aware of. You've seen it. It's in most hymnals throughout our churches. It's called the National Anthem. It is our song as an American. We go, however, to a ball game. We stand in our church services, and we sing the words of that song, and they float over our minds and our lips, and we don't even realize what we're singing. Most of us have memorized it as a child, but we've never really thought about what it means. Let me tell you a story. Francis Scott Key was a lawyer in Baltimore the colonies were engaged in vicious conflict with the mother country, Britain. Because of this conflict and the protractedness of it, they had accumulated prisoners on both sides. The American colonies had prisoners and the British had prisoners. And the American government initiated a move. They went to the British and they said, let us negotiate for the release of these prisoners. They said, we want to send a man out to discuss this with you. They were holding the American prisoners in boats about a thousand yards offshore. And they said, we want to send a man by the name of Francis Scott Key. He will come out and negotiate to see if we can make a mutual exchange. On the appointed day in a rowboat, he went out to this boat and he negotiated with the British officials. And they reached a conclusion that men could be exchanged on a one-for-one basis. Francis Scott Key, jubilant with the fact that he'd been successful, went down below in the boats and what he found was a cargo hold full of humanity men. And he said, man, I've got news for you tonight. You're free. He said, tonight I have negotiated successfully your return to the colonies. He said, you'll be taken out of this boat, out of this filth, out of your chains. As he went back up on board to arrange for their passage to the shore, the admiral came and he said, we have a slight problem. He said, we will still honor our commitment to release these men, but it'll be merely academic after tonight. It won't matter. Francis Scott Key said what do you mean he said well mr. Key he said tonight we have laid an ultimatum upon the colonies your people will either capitulate and lay down the colors of that flag that you think so much of or you see that fort right over there Fort Henry he said we're gonna remove it from the face of the earth he said how are you gonna do that He said, if you will, scan the horizon of the sea. And as he looked, he could see hundreds of little dots. And he said, that's the entire British war fleet. He said, all of the gunpowder, all of the armament is being called upon to demolish that fort. It will be here within striking distance in a matter of about two and a half hours. He said, the war is over. These men would be free anyway. He said, you can't shell that fort. He said, that's, that's a large fort. He said, it's full of women and children. He says, it's predominantly not a military fort. He said, don't worry about it. They said, we've left them a way out. And he said, what's that? He said, do you see that flag way up on the rampart? He said, we have told them that if they will lower that flag, the shelling will stop immediately. And we'll know that they've surrendered and you'll now be under British rule. Francis Scott Key went down below and told the men what was about to happen. And they said, how many ships? He said, hundreds. The ships got closer. Francis Scott Key went back up on top and he said, men, I'll shout down to you what's going on as we watch. As twilight began to fall and as the haze hung over the ocean as it does at sunset, Suddenly, the British war fleet unleashed. He says the sound was deafening. There were so many guns that there were no reliefs. He said it was absolutely impossible to talk or hear. He said suddenly the sky, although dark, was suddenly lit. And he says from down below, all he could hear the men, the prisoners, saying was, Tell us where the flag is. What have they done with the flag? Is the flag still flying over the rampart? Tell us. One hour, two hours, three hours into the shelling, every time the bomb would explode and it would be close to the flag, they could see the flag in the illuminated red glare of that bomb, and Francis Scott Key would report down to the men below, it's still up. It's not down. The Admiral came and he said, your people are insane. He said, what's the matter with them? He said, don't they understand? This is an impossible situation. Francis Scott Key said he remembered what George Washington had said. He said the thing that sets the American Christian apart from all other people in the world is he will die on his feet before he'll live on his knees. The admiral said, we have now instructed all of the guns to focus on the rampart to take that flag down. He said, we don't understand something. Our reconnaissance tells us that that flag has been hit directly again and again and again, and yet it's still flying. We don't understand that. But he said, now we're about to bring every gun for the next three hours to bear on that point. Francis Scott Key said the barrage was unmerciful. All that he could hear was the men down below praying. The prayer God keep that flag flying where we last saw it. Sunrise came. He said there was a heavy mist hanging over the land, but the rampart was tall enough. There stood the flag completely nondescript, in shreds. The flagpole itself was at a crazy angle, but the flag was still at the top. Francis Scott Key went aboard and immediately went into Fort Henry to see what had happened. And what he found had happened was that that flagpole and that flag had suffered repetitious direct hits. it had fallen. But men, fathers, who knew what it meant for that flag to be on the ground, although knowing that all of the British guns were trained on it, walked over and held it up humanly until they died. Their bodies were removed, and others took their place. Francis Scott Key said what held that flagpole in place at that unusual angle were Patriots' bodies. He penned the song, Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming. Or the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that the flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet fly and wave. O'er the land of the free? The debt was demanded, the price it was paid.
0: Oh, sorry. So, um, it's one of my favorite videos. And after you watch that, I don't think that you would consider the national anthem the same as you did before. One of the things that people don't know unless you're in the military is when you go to various different um, events on the base, whether it be uh, the movie theater or um, the bowling alley. Before every movie is played at the base, they do the national anthem every evening at five o'clock, depending on the base, they play the national anthem. All the cars stop. All the people pause and they put their hands over their hearts or they salute and they stand still at attention until the national anthem is done playing. We lived in Hawaii for three years and we were stationed at at, um, Hickam Air Force Base right by Pearl Harbor. And every morning my walk was to Pearl Harbor. It was the coolest thing ever. And I would walk uh, through the the, the the Hickam Air Force Base, through the uh, Pearl Harbor until you would come to the gym. And then I would I'd go around the gym and over to the harbor and then back again. Well, one day as I was walking past the gym, uh, that's in the morning, it's when all the military members go to the gym to do their fitness, morning fitness. And I had my... Headset on my 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 earbuds and I was listening to music as I was walking, and um, this gentleman from behind me, he was saying something and I couldn't I couldn't understand him, and I turned around and I pulled one of my earbuds out and I guess he didn't see me do that didn't couldn't tell that I had them in, and he said why aren't you stopping, and I said I'm I'm sorry, and he said the national anthem is playing. Why aren't you stopping? And I I didn't realize all these days that I've been walking with my earbuds on in, in Hawaii, they do the national anthem in the morning. Uh, and it's all historically based around attack on Pearl Harbor and I had no idea. So all this time I'm walking, everybody's stopping and I don't, I'm not even paying attention. Well, this was a um, six foot four, very well-built black man. And I just looked at him and tears welled up in my eyes. And I said, sir, if you had any idea who I am, you would understand how proud I am right now (laughs) that you would stop me. There is no color in in the military, I mean, sure there are racists everywhere, but there's a patriotism that exudes through the military, that the history behind the national anthem, the Pearl Harbor, the the love and the devotion for country that comes from military members, is it, it's just a game changer. It 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 unites people, and I I just remember what it felt like that day when when this man who's obviously an officer in in probably the Navy. was was calling me on the carpet for not taking the time to stop and pay homage and and respect to our national anthem. I don't think um, people understand what it means when Colin Kaepernick took a knee and he was standing against all of those things that he was fighting for. The national anthem, our flag, all of those things, they're symbols of the very things that we want humanity to be. Truth, justice, um, equality, all of those things that are God-given rights that are protected in the Constitution. And they're the things that should be uniting us. And when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, he divided us. And I I just, someday I just love to be able to um, just sit down with him and say, do you understand what you're doing? And when he did take that knee, the first person I thought of was that man, that officer in the Navy who stopped me that day. I wondered what he must be thinking. Um, I'm sorry, somebody is at the door. And I'm going to annoy them. Okay. Um, so we're going to jump back into the presentation here, and this is a um, this is a quote that is near and dear to my heart because it just really pretty much says it all. A man's country is not a certain area of land, mountains, rivers, and woods but it is a principle and patriotism is loyalty to that principle. We had a uh, quote uh, picture quote that we put up on the website a few years back and it became um, went viral Uh, three times. We posted it and it is this picture with this caption. If we teach them why we stand, they will never question whether or not they should it's what we teach them, what we share with them, the experiences that we have with them that make the difference. So a few years ago, I was um, sitting in church. That we, it was after the meetings and the kids were playing and um, my husband was in a meeting we were just waiting for him. And I, I heard this, these beautiful melodic voices coming from down the hall and i kind of recognized what 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 the tune was but i wasn't quite sure and as i got closer i i realized it was the national anthem and but i didn't recognize the words and i was a little confused so i went in and i peeked in the door and there were three little children sitting on the floor from the boy was 5 the girls were like 7 and 9 they were Japanese. Their mother was Japanese, married a, an Air Force officer, moved to the United States, became a citizen, and her three daughters were sitting there in perfect harmony, singing the national anthem by heart. All three verses. Did you know there were more there was more than one verse? I didn't know. There was more than one verse. Again, tears rolled up in my eyes and I'm just overcome by the feeling that I, that I had right at that moment. Here are three children who weren't even born in the United States, who came to America, became citizens with their mom, who were teaching me, someone who had been born and raised in the United States, a valuable lesson, <laughs> touching my heart. So a few years later, um the Tea Party launched, and there were these rallies all over the all over the country. And there was one rally in particular that i I found this video. and um, the guy there was a guy who was running for president, and he had this um, rally, a tea party rally. And in the middle of the rally, this man had raised his hand. And the microphone came to him, and this is what happened.
2: One question was raised about how we teach our young people. And I'm a former Marine, and I became aware that there are two verses. And we need to hear the second verse, which says, Oh, the be it ever when three men shall stand between
0: can see, he brought people to their feet and um, sorry, the man who was running for president was Herman Cain. He was so touched, he was absolutely speechless. And I, I just can imagine what it must have been like to be there. So what were those people standing for? What what are we pledging allegiance for? Um, there is a video that I'm going to have uh, Hannah send out to everyone. It is Red Skelton. Um, I don't think we're going to have time to show it, or I would show it myself. But Red Skelton uh, did the Pledge of Allegiance in 1962, I think it was. Um, very powerful, and he takes each word and he defines what each word means and what it is that we're, we're that we're pledging allegiance to. Because I, I think we forget. So there is an article in the Cottage Meeting Resource Guide. If you have the guide with you, it's on page 130. I'm not gonna read the whole article, but I do just wanna kind of lay out where we're at right now as a country. Um, This was written by Marlene Peterson. An assignment was given to a junior high school class in Virginia recently. The students were to write about why they loved America. After the papers were turned in and graded, the teacher regretfully shared with the class that none of them had come up with a single reason. What good is a balanced budget, fresh, fresh faces in Congress and getting back to the Constitution if the next generation doesn't love America and value freedom? Um, simple solutions, um, we encourage the simple solutions starting tonight to put down The book look your kids and grandkids in your eyes and tell them a story from your heart about why you love america pajamas are recommended it's a formula that has worked throughout history and around the globe the story our children are being told about in america is not the same story children were told about hundreds of years ago there are three there are three key elements that are missing from today's telling an acknowledgement that our system of government is best is the best system of government the world has ever seen and that it demands our diligence and understanding and maintaining it second the belief that freedom is a rare gift that can only be held by a moral and religious people who comprehend liberty and law and third the idea that our nation was raised up by the hand of divine providence and that our inalienable rights come from him These three elements that are missing today are the very pillars the school children of yesterday were taught our Republic rested on, our patriotism, our character, and our faith. They were told they would be reminded of them every time they looked at our flag. The red stripes reminded them of the blood that was sacrificed for them and was a call to patriotism in defending their constitution and freedom. The white stripes stood for virtue and purity, They understood a limited government only worked among a people who understood the personal responsibilities of freedom and were capable of self-governance. The white stars on the blue background reminded them of heaven's guiding and protective hand. These are the things that our children were taught. And today, they're being taught to hate their country, hate their neighbors, hate themselves, disenfranchised from their families everything that america was founded on there is a concerted effort to destroy the republic and they're using our children to do it even joseph stalin recognized the secret of america's strength he said america is like a healthy body and its resistance is threefold its patriotism its morality and its spiritualism It is not in a classroom that we will store that we will restore America's liberty, but in our homes, nothing to love about America. We need to give our children reasons to love her every single day. We can restore the heart of America. One story at a time when the heart is strong, America will thrive. And that's, that's the whole point of, um, these pillars. Uh, so what what is the American dream? This this is a story. This American story is so powerful. And when you when you see the video of the of the national anthem and you hear the different stories that we that we read about our founding families, it 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 exudes patriotism. It, it comes from the inside out. Your eyes light up you get excited and then you're like okay what do I do with that excitement? That's what the American dream is. So the question was asked, "What is the American dream? And this is what just some people said. So Ted Yoho is a member of Congress from Minnesota. Fabrioso Morera was a um, a refugee, a political refugee from um, Ecuador. And he was a politician and uh, served in the country and escaped the country under a brutal regime came to America, started a record label, and um, lived his dream. Rafael Cruz is the father of Senator Ted Cruz. J.C. Watts was a member of Congress, who after two, I think it was two terms, maybe three, he left Congress saying that this is an intoxication and I need to leave before it it consumes me. It is it is not a good place. Um, Maya Lin, um, is an... Uh, a um, architect and a sculptor. So this is what they said their American, what they thought the American dream was. Ted Yoho, the American dream comes from opportunity. The opportunity comes from our founding principles, our core values that are held together and protected by the Constitution. Those ideas are neither Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, white, or black. Those are American ideologies, the things that should unite us as a people. Fabrioso said the American dream to him is that any man or woman, despite of his or her background, can change their circumstances and rise as high as they are willing to work. Rafael Cruz, only in America can someone start with nothing and achieve the American dream. That's the greatness of this country. He came to America with nothing. And now his son is a senator in the United States Congress. J.C. Watt said, when it comes to the American dream, no one has a corner on the market. All of us have an equal chance to share in that dream. And Maya Lin said to me, the American dream is being able to follow your own personal calling. To be able to do what you want to do is incredible freedom. It is incredible freedom. It comes with responsibility. And that's the part that some people don't understand. What, what is the difference between liberty? And, and freedom, they are not one and the same, but they are combined together. And those liberties and those freedoms come with responsibility of preserving them, living them, preserving them and passing them on. There is a, another story, uh, I am going to read this one. It is on page 135 in the Cottage Meeting Resource Guide if you have it. And it is um, the dream called America. There is a place in Hawaii called the Koalua Ranch. The ranch rests on 4,000 acres of some of the most breathtaking scenery on the island of Oahu. Visions of God's handiwork can be seen in the dense rainforests, open valleys, beautiful white beaches and majestic mountains that characterize the property. Though you wouldn't know it, you have most probably seen the ranch as it has been the backdrop of many television shows and films. If you've seen Jurassic Park, Windtakers, Pearl Harbor, Godzilla, Tears of the Sun, 51st Dates, or Jumanji, (laughs) then you have, through moving pictures, been to Kualoa Ranch. While the beauty and the grandeur of the ranch is breathtaking, it is actually the history behind it that I find most fascinating. Kualoa Ranch was established in 1850 when King Kamehameha III sold the land to a missionary doctor who had served as his personal advisor. For over a hundred years, the ranch sustained itself in agriculture and cattle, but as time passed, the income from these sources was no longer sustainable, so the family diversified the ranch and entered the tourism industry. Now people from all over the world come to see this beautiful land and visit the places where kings were trained and where films are made. You can still see remnants of the many movies that have been filmed there, including the famous entrance to Jurassic Park. And both of the um, Jurassic films, the new Jurassic films, were filmed in Kualoa Ranch as well. You never know who you might see at the ranch. Just a few months ago, George Clooney was at the ranch scouting locations for a film he is working on. And all the while, the ranch continues to operate as a working cattle ranch. You and I wouldn't see anything particularly unique about that. After all, business... Businesses diversify all the time. If your business is no longer making money, diversification is automatically a consideration. However, a few months ago, a group of businessmen from Japan came to visit the ranch after hearing the history of the ranch and how they had successfully diversified into tourism in the film industries, the men were astonished. They couldn't understand how you could just change the direction of your company like that. How do you go from being a cattle ranch to being a hub for tourism and movies? Of course, our tour guide, the tour guide didn't understand why the whole thing shocked the businessman so much, but that is because he, like so many Americans, didn't realize just how uniquely American something as simple as diversification really is. In Japan, if you own a car industry, you always manufacture and sell cars. If business is slow, you give a big pep talk to your sales and manufacturing teams to try and pick up sales. You don't just decide to start selling infant car seats or build an amusement park. The people in America do it every day baseball players become car dealers pharmacists become realtors paper goods manufacturers add household cleaners to their product line it's just another day in the life of an american one day you're a car salesman and the next day you're a nurse my son jordan spent a couple of years in idaho and while there he met a man from sweden who owned a bakery jordan said the man was completely perplexed at how people in america could just become whatever they wanted He said, I studied an apprentice for 15 years before I could become a baker. Here in America, people just wake up and say, I'm going to be a baker today. And then they do it. There is a uniqueness about America that has become so commonplace to us that we don't even recognize how unique we are. I have talked to many immigrants from other countries who have shared their feelings and impressions about America with me. I've heard them say everything from there's just no place like it on earth to you just don't know how good it is. Kitty Wetterman, um, the current president of Eagle Forum in South Dakota, was born and raised in Austria. She spent seven years of her life under Hitler's rule and five years under Russian communist rule. In 1950, Kitty came to America. The first thing she saw when the, trip, when the ship came into the harbor was the Statue of Liberty, an image she has never forgotten. Kitty spent her first night in America in a hotel. The next morning, she asked the concierge for directions to the nearest police station, where she was told um, it was within walking distance. Kitty walked to the police station and told the desk sergeant she wanted to register. The desk sergeant asked what she was talking about. Kitty repeated herself and said, I want to register so you will know where, where I am. How will you find me, she asked, if I break the law? Don't worry, lady, the sergeant said. If you break the law, we'll find you. Now get out of here. Kitty walked outside quite perplexed. She looked up at the clear blue sky and puzzled. What kind of country is this? And then she realized, all of a sudden, she said, it dawned on me. It's freedom. And that is the beauty of America. It is what people come from from countries all the world over. They know that America is the land of opportunity. They know it is a place of peace where they are free. And when they come and experience that freedom for the first time, it is something they treasure forever because they know it isn't just a dream, it's real. Archibald McLeish said, there are those I know who will say that the liberation of humanity. The freedom of man and mind is nothing but a dream they are right it is the american dream so a few years ago i had um when we were in hawaii i had an experience and we created this video to go along with this presentation to to talk about this experience that i had and why it is that we are launching a great American treasure hunt at Moms for America. There's a place in Hawaii on the island of Oahu very few people know about. It is only by chance I found it myself. Our children are totally into Japanese culture. So when we found out while living in Hawaii, there was an authentic Bedouin temple on the other side of the island we of course had to go. In fact, we went several times. I mean, they have black swans, ponds with koi you can feed, authentic Japanese gardens, and well, the gong, that of course every one of my children had to ring at least twice every time we met. And at a dollar a gong donation, I think our family alone paid for the gardener. On one of our visits as we were entering the parking lot, my 14-year-old daughter suddenly yelled from the back of the van, Gardens of America, Mom! When I asked her what she was talking about, she said, that sign, it says Gardens of America. Sure enough, in a small grassy patch shaded by a group of trees was a small wooden sign that read Gardens of America, with an arrow pointing to a small road we'd never noticed before. So of course we had to explore. As we drove up the small windy road, we noticed a large gray rock coming into view. As we neared it, I noticed a small American flag at the top of the rock under a large bold word that read America. I think it's a monument, my eight year old son squealed as he plunged out the car. So we all got out to take a closer look and what I found literally brought me to tears inscribed on the rock by someone completely unknown were the following words. In response to the promise of liberty, opportunity, justice, and freedom of religion, we left our native lands which we loved so dearly, and coming from the farthest corners of the world, we arrived in America. We fished in her waters, farmed her fields, worked in her factories, sold her products, and realized that here in this beautiful land we had fulfilled our hopes and dreams for ourselves and our children. Now united as one people, we work toward our goal of living as equal Americans. God bless America and the good people who made her strong. As I rested my hand on the rock, tears streaming down my eyes, I remembered the story of Joshua and the 12 stones from the Bible. Joshua was on his way to Jericho with the entire Israelite nation when they came to the River Jordan. Joshua parted the river just as Moses had parted the Red Sea and the Israelites crossed on dry ground. Once they were on the other side, God told Joshua to have the people build a monument of stones so that they would remember what God had done for them. And when their children would see the stones and ask, what does this mean? Their parents would tell them the story so they would always remember the miracle. That monument on that little hill in Hawaii had such an impact on me, I wanted to know the story behind it. Who designed it? Who built it? Who had it placed there? I went on an exhaustive search, but I couldn't find anything about the history of the monument and no one seemed to know the answer to my questions. The man at the front gate didn't even know the monument was there. I visited the monument several times before we left the island, sometimes just sitting there on the cool grass, pondering on the love of those who took the time to craft and place it. I don't know who erected the monument or when it was placed there, but I do know why. Someone from somewhere placed it there. So when our children ask us, what does this mean? We will tell them the story of the miracle of America. So um, this is the whole thing behind the Great American Treasure Hunt. My trip to Hawaii and seeing that monument had such an impression on me. I, I started to remember all of these monuments and these places all over the country that are telling the story, reminding us of the miracle. And around the same time, the film Monumental had come out and so it was like all putting the pieces together and i was like they're everywhere i i remember reading a story about a man who george washington cried for tears of of pain at the loss of this man who had been such a valiant soldier in in the army and how the whole entire nation had had taken a day to remember him and his flag was draped and it was just I mean he was so honored because of who he was and what he did there's a monument in New York City by a church people walk by all the time don't even know the man's name or who he is it reminded me of Robert Morris when I was in Philadelphia And all those people who are walking by and had no idea who Robert Morris was. When I go to Washington, D.C., there are monuments everywhere. I stop at every one. Why was this put here? Who is this person? What was it dedicated for? They're all everywhere sharing the story of America so that we'll remember the miracle and those who worked so hard to give it to us so that we, in their hope, that we would preserve it. And, and share it. It's the story that is just as important as the place itself. So next year for our 20th anniversary, we are launching a great American treasure hunt. And we're encouraging families to go and find those secret places, those monuments, those memorials right in your own backyard. We have put together a map on our website of over thousands, I think it's over 2,000 now, places, destinations, and every single state, there are some where you can go and visit and you can see historical events or hands-on history centers or monuments, memorials. There's so many right in your own backyard and and we couldn't possibly find them all. So when you go on the Great American Treasure Hunt, you can find some that we don't have. We'll add them to our site. We created a... Um, a campaign with a dog. I wanted to make something that the children would grasp onto. And so we created this little Liberty dog, a stuffed puppy. He's a big old dog. And last year at our retreat, our, our team retreat, I presented this idea. I said, "This, this, I've, I've had this in my heart since 2012. And now in 2022, last year, we're finally at a place where we can launch this. And just in time for the 250th anniversary in 2016. We have something that we can do to lead up to this. Go and tell our children the stories, take them to the places, have them experience what it means to be an American. Why we're so blessed to live in this country and why so many people are blessed to come here. So the Beagle's name is Liberty. (laughs) And the whole idea is Liberty, where is Liberty? wherever you are so we encourage them to go on when they go on these trips take liberty with you and take a picture where is liberty we'll post them up on instagram we'll put it up on your instagram tag us and and we just have where's liberty all over the social media and it's awesome well my daughter at the retreat last year after we talked about this um she just started writing because she's she's a, a published author and she just started writing these children's books i think she has like 15 of them now and but the first one she wrote she we left with her writing like four of them she had four done before we even left the retreat but the first one introduces um the principles of freedom patriotism liberty with these lovable characters liberty the beagle puppy and patriot the kitten she's a girl and freedom who is a grown sparrow and the um the one who teaches them what these what these principles mean. What does it mean? And they're picture picture books that children can understand and grasp these concepts. And then all the other books that she writes are taking liberty, these various different destinations and telling the story of the place. So we're so excited to launch this. The first book is already has already been published. The um the Beagle is in production, we will have 2,000 of them to be able to sell. The grandparents can can mail to their children or their grandchildren, parents can buy for their children. And, And I just, I can't wait. I can't wait to get that very first picture of the little kids holding Liberty in their hands, laying next to their mother. And she's telling them one of those stories about what America's about what freedom means and why we are so blessed to be free. So we have kits and the kit is going to have the the Liberty dog, um, a map where you can put, put paw prints of all the places you're going or want to go either physically or, or virally. They have a lot of these places you can go online and you can do a, a virtual tour. Um, it'll also include the first book. So you have, and, and you have this whole entire kit that you have to share. And we just are encouraging families to get involved in this, make make a movement of sharing Liberty this way, helping transfer the ideas and concepts of Liberty onto the next generation. So that light of Liberty will continue because I promise you, if our children understand what freedom really is, if they know the stories of America, and then they start to look at all the things happening in our country, they are going to rise up and say, you're all crazy (laughs) and they're going to gravitate back to that freedom. These programs and resources that we provide, they are lighting a spirit of Liberty and our children, they will rise up with a higher standard of humanity, carrying the standard of civility and the, and the standard of Liberty. And they will turn this around. It is what we do, what we teach, what we share, what we allow them to experience that will change because their hearts will change and they will know we are born free and we are going to keep that freedom. And that ladies is what is going to make America not just thrive, not just survive, but thrive, not just restore the blessings of Liberty, but secure them for generations to come. So we'll jump into our assignments. (laughs) I've given you some that go along with our presentation today. Uh, There's a a story, A Place Called Liberty, which talks about how do you create that? How do you create that place called liberty in the hearts of your children by experiencing some of these places on these liberty trips? It is a great story, uh, article to read on how you can make these liberty trips which is what we're calling them, uh, really special to your children. There is a, a series, um, schoolhouse rock. It came out when I was, um, a young girl, they played every Saturday. They're like five minute little three to five minute little videos that played before the cartoons and between the cartoons on Saturday morning. And, um, part of the series is America rock. They have everything from conjunction junction to um, what your body's made of <laughs> body in motion. But my, my children just fell in love with the America rock schoolhouse rock, America rock. And it talks um, about various different things from the shot heard around the world to the great American melting pot, uh, something that nobody even talks about anymore. And um, we have these available in our um, our children's section. I don't remember what we're calling it anymore on on the website. I think it's the, um, Liberty kids club, I think is where it is. We have these videos uh, linked. And so you can share them with your children and grandchildren. Um, you can just share the links with them, or you can sit and watch them with them, but they'll love these. And it's a great way to share the light of Liberty. Uh, then if you could, if you have the 5,000 year leap, just review principles, nine, 10, and 15. And, um, then here's my favorite one. Visit a monument, historic landmark, or history event as a family, and then learn the story behind it. And when you're passing monuments, don't just pass by. Just take a moment to stop and read. Who was this person? What is this monument here for? And why Why was it put there? Tell your children so that they would remember the miracle. Next week's uh, presentation is America, Share the Story. You're going to love that one. (laughs) And I would just like you to read the article, Reading Aloud to Your Children. We're going to be talking about that um, next week. So ladies, we have just completed the third pillar. Now you know that you can create a foundation of freedom anywhere because you now have the three pillars of faith, virtue, and patriotism.